0: hello guys and girls and welcome to episode 21 of the vr inside podcast this is a weekly vr ar and mr talk show that is live streamed every saturday on nathie's youtube channel you can tune into the show live at 4 p.m in europe 3 p.m in the uk and 9 a.m in central us if you missed the live show then you can catch up with the whole show which i upload to my own youtube channel every sunday virtual reality oasis So, alternatively, you could also check out the audio-only version, which is available on iTunes, uh, Google Play Music, and on SoundCloud. If you've got any questions, comments, or feedback, chuck them in the chat, and we'll try to answer as many as we can. Sorry for the uh, delay technical issues, some bugs in the system, but we've got them ironed out, so hopefully you can enjoy this awesome stream uh, now. Uh, But let me introduce you to this awesome group of Gunters. First up, He'll be soon going back to the future in his own DeLorean, and that is our main man, Nathie.
1: Hey, hello, good morning.
0: Also there with a fresh haircut as well, looking sick.
1: Yeah, you guys like it? Let me know. Bye, Rowdy. (laughs) See you, Rowdy. Wow. (laughs) If you touch uh, your phone
2: too much, guys, uh, it 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 does things. Rowdy's on holiday. That
1: explains everything. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, like I said, we, we had a we've had a few technical issues uh, this episode, but he's back. Rowdy, Rowdy, nice that we'll, we'll do his intro before he, he
3: disappears. <laughs> I have no idea what happened. It uh, it just cut off like right when uh, when we went live. Uh, no idea. Hopefully it doesn't happen again.
0: That's cool, man. But you're uh, you're away at the moment, aren't you, Rowdy? You're overseas.
3: Currently in 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 Porto. I flew here with uh, with Ryanair. Excellent service. Uh, they brought me here in one piece. Uh, the only piece that they forgot was my luggage. <laughs> my luggage is still <laughs> currently surviving on the... I, I, this shirt I've already worn for three days. So uh, it's lucky it's only visual because the smell is currently not, not good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to make the best of it. It's my girlfriend's birthday today. We're trying to to make it count. You know, it's the 30th birthday, but... Uh,
0: Well, happy birthday to Rowdy's girlfriend. Everyone in the chat wish her happy birthday and uh, wish that Rowdy gets his clothes back because at the moment he's had to turn his pants inside out at least twice, which isn't
3: cool. I'm not wearing any pants. pants. You're only going to see me from the waist up today.
0: (laughs) That's wise. Let's keep this PG-friendly, Rowdy. uh next up like sebastian from the little mermaid this guy loves to be under the sea and that is zim talk (laughs) five
2: how you doing zim i don't know if i'd use the word love in that statement but i do oh no it's uh it's a love hate it's a marmite relationship you know love hate relationship of being under the ocean mike right Uh, right but yeah i have spent a lot of time underwater my fingers have gone all kind of wrinkly you know it's it's a You're bit like off. a little prune <laughs> i i'm i'm like a i'm like a very big prune yes yeah mm. yeah
0: nice uh, and last but not least myself the host of the show mike from virtual reality oasis in today's episode we're going to be talking about obviously subnautica beat saber the impatient on psvr mr headsets have recently had a big price reduction and vive controller thumbsticks so uh, we've got a busy show for you guys but let's start off with what everyone has been up to this week let's jump in with rowdy first just in case he has to fall out and disappear so come on rowdy what have you been up to we're all intrigued the,
3: the impatient, uh, a fun game actually uh I, I like like many of you guys already know like i like story driven titles it's much less gameplay i mean the, the thing that i've played so far it's not there's not a lot of actions required, but it's very cinematic, it's very story-driven. I kind of like those kind of things. Um, and then another title that I've played that's also very story-driven is, is Contagion. Uh, I think we're going to maybe talk about that a little bit as well. Uh, some other people have played it as well. Uh, I'll leave that to someone else who probably knows more about it than me. But yeah, it's a it's a fun zombie story-driven kind of ex- adventure as well. Uh, it's only a demo that is out at the moment, but it's, it's worth checking it out. And I hope that the developers take that concept also a little bit further. Um, because it's a cool demo and I like those kind of experiences in virtual reality. I played uh, the VR cooking game, uh, the, the cooking game VR, or something it's called. Uh, it was a little bit buggy still. I had like some problems with that, but it turned out to be quite funny, which uh, is more like an arcade kind of cooking experience than uh, than anything else. Um, and then what else did I play? Uh, I played uh, Survive, uh, written with okay. a 1 and a 3. Uh, also a zombie game, but much more in like a. I mean, the first tutorial mission is very linear. It's like uh, it kind of has a left for that kind of feeling for me at least a little bit. Uh, you have like safe houses that you need to go to. Um, you have those are your safe points as well. You have um, a number of variety of and weapons. You have uh, different kind of melee weapons uh, and that kind of stuff. Um, but after that first tutorial mission, it gets much more into like a survival kind of mode that you need to go actually, uh, follow the map, find a, obje- find objective and uh, and scavenge for, uh, for supplies. So yeah, that's, I think that's about, it. that's about that, what I've done uh, this week.
0: Nice, man. Sounds like you've been pretty busy. So Zim, what you've been up to? I- I'm intrigued to hear about your, uh, your adventures under the sea. You can... Although we save some for later because we're going to be talking about Subnautica yeah, in a bit.
2: Yeah, I'm going to keep it really simple, Mike, because I was just thinking there. I was like, "What did I do this week?" And usually, I go and I this is how bad my short-term memory is. I'll go to like Twitch and I'll look at the, like the last four or five games <laughs> I've streamed. I literally can't remember right. anything but building a base under the ocean in Subnautica, and I'll tell you more about that later. I can't. I okay. can't say anything else. It's just been it's been 15 plus hours of hardcore single death, and the game wipes and I'm not dead yet. Wow. Okay. Okay. Interesting. We'll get onto
0: a bit more of that later on then. So, uh, Nathie, what about you? Other than getting an awesome new haircut this week,
1: what have you been doing? Well, uh, thanks for that again. Um, I played Contagion as well. Um, As Rowdy said, what are they going to do with it? We'll see. Um, To the full. Might be an interesting one contagion is a very old concept by the way it's like an old game so they recently decided to just bring a new one i hmm. want built from the ground up for vr as well not just a part of the uh, uh title it's it's nice but in the end it's a demo and it's very polished so we will see what the game is going to offer you know um decided over demos i would say always see what comes after because i mean demos are always like you know back in the days where you had like an xbox or a playstation you had those demos like wow and then you played the the actual game it's like eh, you know so mm-hmm. but uh yeah that's one to look out for and the contagion uh demo is totally free so uh, it's available on steam if you want to check it out the perfect sniper uh 50 50 i uh, i don't know I don't know about that one uh if you if you are interested i got a review up of that one but uh that one it's it's a sniper uh simulator with a good storyline but nice it's it's uh fairly disappointing i would say that's a shame at least i uh, played vr chat of course I, uh, <laughs> we'll spare you the details yeah
0: Okay, well, uh, I've actually had like a super busy week this week. I've been doing tons of stuff. So I'll go through it because there's there's quite a bit. So first off on Tuesday, I went to XR Connect in London, which is a uh, sort of event hosted by Pocket Gamer, but it's for PC games, VR games, and mobile games as well. Uh, They call the uh, VR part of it XR because it represents uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, and of course, mixed reality as well. So they, they refer to it as XR um but yeah it's like an event that's happening uh, in helsinki as well in london i think they do one in california Uh, But it was a kind of a a cool uh, little show. It was quite small and compact, but very sort of personal. You know, you had a lot of time to talk to developers. That was really nice. Uh, They also had loads of like interesting talks about how VR in industry is working. So like Land Rover Jaguar, for example, are taking it and using it in their sort of demonstrations of their new vehicles and stuff like that that they're making. Um, How AR can help uh, manufacturing plants find defects and check uh, trains, for example, because train drivers have to do like system checks before they drive a train so AR glasses were helping them do those checks Um, and then also like how (laughs) people can
2: for well, I, there, I thought you were saying that you'd played a game that was, like, just oh, no, about no. train simulator, but only the checks at the beginning. I was like, that's no, 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 not no, a no, game. No.
0: no, like, so apparently, like, a train driver, before he, he drives, he has to do this checks. And uh, an AR glasses system can actually say, yeah, he did actually look at those correct spots before taking the train out. Yeah. So it kind of is like a, a an automatic checklist to say he's done his job. So that was kind of interesting. Oh, um,
2: Mike, I got a question for you then on this, Ben. Is this the year of bo- when when VR goes boring and gets into the workplace?
0: Well, there there was a, a forklift uh, simulator, but uh, maybe I'll touch on that in a little bit later. But um. So this is what happened. So there was like a mobile device, like how to optimize uh, VR games for mobile devices as well. So there was loads of interesting talks. There was also a talk actually from uh, uh, Quebel Cop and Azzyland from YouTube about how to work with influencers. That was super interesting from my perspective, uh, how they deal with big brand deals and stuff like that. So that was cool to see as well. Uh, But they had uh, a thing called the XR Indie Pitch, which is uh, where they get a panel. Of judges to look at all these indie titles and interview the devs, and then they, they rate them out of like a score. And then at the end of the day, the top three wins some prizes and some support from Pocket Gamer, which was really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, in third place came a game called uh, Pastime for Pirates, and that is made by the same team that did Loco Dojo uh, Make Reveal That's their upcoming game uh, for the Oculus Rift, and that's going to be coming out in 2018. Essentially, it's like a, a load of mini games where you're like pirate based mini games, so like drinking grog, throwing darts, those kind of mini games. Kind of, kind of fun. Um, second place was Ground Runner Trials, which is a game that's already out right now, available on uh, Steam and Oculus Rift, from Astrofish Games, and that's kind of like a hoverbike racer. Uh, and then in first place was a title that literally came out of nowhere for everyone, and that was a game called Hyper VR Partyware, and uh, it's made by a studio called Shuttershade Studios, which is a small uh, indie dev from the UK. And it's essentially uh, imagine what WarioWare would be like in VR. It's kind of a bit like that. Loads of like mini games, but really crazy. Uh, supports local multiplayer as well. So this is kind of going to be one that's oh. going to be fun for VR arcades as well. But it had like mini games like uh, Beer Pong Guru, uh, Squat Nation, and loads of other just like wacky mini games. So that won first prize. Squat Nation. Really- is it
2: is it competitive, Mike? It is competitive. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I'm not sure. Like support, but they've certainly mentioned that it's going to be local, uh, land-based, uh, competitive. But we'll see. Uh, the, the devs literally were blown away by winning, and they don't even have like a website or a press kit or anything at the moment, so they're rushing to put everything together. Bless <laughs> them. Uh, but it looks like a really promising title, and like I say, uh, won the show in terms of like indie showcase, so that was really cool. What was the um, name of
2: that one again, Mike? Because people'd be interested to check that out.
0: Yeah. So if you want to check it out, it's called Hyper VR Partyware. Uh, Like I say, it's kind of come out in uh, 2018. It's made by uh, Shutter Shade Studios, a UK developer. Uh,
1: Shade Studios.
0: That's the one. So uh, whilst I was in London as well, I thought I would take the opportunity to finally go and check out The Void. Uh, So I got to experience The Void, Shadows of the Empire, which is like a, The Void is kind of like a pop-up thing that is, you know, you can go and experience it in London, uh, Florida, and California. Uh, It's run by uh, Industrial Light & Magic, uh, and they've partnered up with Star Wars to create this Star Wars experience called Secrets of the Empire. And I actually ended up going with uh, John Hibbins, uh, who's uh, from SciTech, who is the studio behind Winlands and Winlands 2. Uh, And we got to jump in there together and and have some fun and team up. I I won't spoil anything for you. Uh, I'll just sort of go through the basics of what it's like. Uh, You kind of uh, suit up, obviously, with a, a headset and a big backpack that obviously has a PC in it. And then you've got this kind of like a haptic vest. Uh, It's not haptic, but like a rumble vest almost. Um, And you get like a little briefing from like some of the cast from Star Wars. And then you have like a 10 minute VR experience that's kind of warehouse and tracked. Uh, It's about 35 quid, Uh, which is quite expensive. But I think if you're into VR or into Star Wars, you're going to freaking love this thing. Um, But overall, I came out thinking that I was really impressed with the technology behind it. Because, you know, you're tracked moving through this kind of small little maze with three other people, by the way. So, so there's four players in total that go in together. Mm. Uh, you can all see each other represented in VR and high five and see all their tracked arms and, and legs and stuff. It's, it's really cool. Uh, the graphics were very polished. Uh, the shooting felt really fun because you actually had a physical gun. And then when you actually get shot, you feel a little rumble uh, on the vest that you're wearing as well. So you can feel the shots incoming. So that's kind of cool as well. Uh, cool. And then you've got like other bits where you can feel heat, wind, um, vibrating floors tactile buttons within that you touch in real life as well as in vr so uh, all in all very polished experience it did have some glitches like i turned some stuff around and some stuff glitched out but uh, it, it wasn't enough to break the immersion of the experience put it that way and uh, so if you're in london california or florida and you've got opportunity to go and do the void i would totally uh, recommend it
2: what's the uh what's the price of a ticket mike for that
0: So like I say, it's like 35 quid. So it's quite expensive for like a 10, 15 minute experience. Uh, you're, you're actually 10 minutes in the experience. The other five minutes are suiting up and a a little briefing.
1: But how do they, did they advertise that as like, uh, as well? Like how long it takes? they don't say how long it takes no they don't say well, it's could... funny if they said to you like yeah it's 15 minutes you're like yeah, 15 yeah. minutes!" and then five is like oh i'm just shooting up you <laughs> because just thinking about it actually
0: you could have just not moved forward and you'd have been in it for longer that you know, do you know what i mean like you could have delayed oh. things uh so you know you could have stayed in one spot and oh. the story wouldn't have progressed or you know so you you maybe could have done that i don't know what how they deal with that kind of thing but, um, okay. but for, so I'm so probably... they they
1: play one so the game basically or the experience just keeps on playing well, no, I mean, no, so... there, it's like uh that sounds very interesting
0: yeah, so you actually have to move from because it's obviously like you you actually walk around this like little maze essentially, and it, obviously when you go to certain parts of it, then that part of it plays out. So, say if you stayed at the very beginning section, it wouldn't yeah. have continued until you moved on. But like me and John, obviously being VR veterans, we kind of
2: blitzed through it. We knew what we were going to do. So, Rowdy was trying to say something there earlier, so just calling him out. Go on, dude.
3: Are there any like longer experiences available as well or is it only like uh, the 10 minute one for Star Wars that they have now?
0: Well they they also do a Ghostbusters one uh, which some other people that we you know uh part of the group have, have checked out but I think they're all kind of 10 minute experiences. But like if you want to go for something longer that's more warehouse based there is other stuff out there I can't remember what it's called now. I um but there is a, a an experience in london as well i think that is a vr warehouse scale experience that you can go in for much longer but for the void it's only 10 minutes but it's very very polished uh, and it's a it's I'd, a worthwhile i'd so
2: be interested in in definitely doing a warehouse sim post the vive pro launch and the new mm. base stations. When that combination is mm. out there, give them a month or two to get things sorted. Then I'm into it. If they can base it on that technology, I wanna I wanna know what that's like because my room is not 10 by 10 meters. No. no.
1: No. But before we go to the next subject, like, how was the resolution of those?
0: Yeah, so this is the thing. Like, they don't—you don't know what headset it is because it's kind of covered with all this plastic. And uh, a lot of people were saying it's a custom headset. I—I uh, I don't know if it is or not. But the resolution was great. The graphical quality was great. Um, you know, it, I wouldn't say it was a leap above what we already have. It was kind of parable to maybe just a touch better. Um, but you know, the whole overall experience with the visuals, being completely tether tetherless and interacting with other players. In your physical space yeah. and moving around a physical space, it just added to the the immersion. So the, the the graphical the graphical fidelity of it and the resolution was probably like the least of your worries. Everything else was what made it even more impressive. Um, But yeah, so that was a great experience. And then when I came back home, I also spent a lot of time in VR at home as well. Uh, I checked out the Cubism demo, which was on Zim's recommendation actually. Um, And uh, it was a great recommendation (laughs) and uh, very cool indeed. If you haven't heard of Cubism, uh, I definitely recommend to go check it out. It's It's a demo as well. Um, But you can download it. It's not available on Steam or Oculus. You have to download it from the devs website, which uh, we can put in the description or something like that later on. Um, But essentially, it's like a puzzle game with a very minimalist art style. Uh, You basically have to put shapes into like a little uh, receptacle shape, you know. 3D Tetris, isn't it? It's 3D Tetris. Yeah, it's it's 3D Tetris, essentially. But the last last puzzle had me stumped for like 40 minutes. I was literally going insane over that last puzzle. Mm. So uh, if you want like an hour's worth of puzzling experience, the first like, you know, (laughs) 15 minutes will be for the first uh, like, you know, few puzzles and then the last half an hour, 40 minutes will be on the last one because you're going to get stuck on it for sure. Uh, Subnautica, obviously, because we're going to be talking about that later. I actually went back. This is, you're going to blow your minds. I actually went and played Jumanji VR. Uh, And that was because I I was listening back to last week's show, uh, which I do, uh, (laughs) sadly. Uh, when I'm driving to work, I listen back to the show to see you know, what we can improve, and you know, bits and pieces, uh, and I was listening back, and, and Zim criticised me for slagging off Jumanji, because he was like, dude, you haven't played it, and I was yeah. like, I was like, you know what, fair play to you, dude, like, yeah, alright, I haven't played it, but I'll it looks it a bad, so. <laughs> I'll give it a go. So I actually paid four quid of my own hard-earned cash to play this game, and oh my god, I was so right, uh, it, it is just so bad. Like, you can finish this in fifteen minutes. It is literally one level. So you're paying four quid for one oh. level. Uh, the gameplay is just repetitive and dull. The uh the voice overacting is just like comical comical how bad oh. it is. Uh, the movement felt really janky and awkward, and then at the end, you can, like, scream out Jumanji to finish the experience, <sighs> and then it just restarts, and you can play
1: it again. <laughs> uh, and the screaming <laughs> part was basically the best thing, right? I mean, that was or the best bad, thing. It's kind of fun.
0: Yeah, the best thing, actually, was, like, the the rock is, like, mini-rock, right? And then you can actually pick up a rock and smash the rock over the head with a rock. <laughs> so that's the kind of funniest thing I, I got out of it. Like,
1: it was awful. Like, poor bucks is the best one. I have mm. a lot of respect for you, but on the other side, now we will see more of these experiences because of you. Yeah, that's, that's right. Well, the thing is, this what? is kind
0: of the thing. This is kind of an ethical comment here. Like, I was thinking about refunding it, but then I was like, well, I've done a video on it. So is that right that I yeah. should get a refund for a game I've done a video on? I couldn't quite work out in my mind. So I was like, you know yes. what? You can keep my four bucks. You know, enjoy it. Buy yourself a latte from Starbucks or something. Um, so,
3: <laughs> so that that was my week. I've had
0: a super busy week, um, but yeah, I'm excited about this week's show, and obviously we can move on now to our first topic, which is, of course, uh, Subnautica. Mm. Uh, for those that don't know anything about Subnautica, which I didn't know anything about Subnautica until this week, actually, um, and it's a, a title by a, com- a studio called Unknown Worlds Entertainment. It's been in development for actually about five years now. Uh, launched in early access on Steam in 2014, but since then, the devs have been like adding more and more to the game and more importantly really listening to like the community feedback about what they want which is fantastic and um they finally launched the game on the 23rd of january it's obviously available as a flat game or a vr game they've added vr uh, to it uh but it's really cool that they've listened to the community and they've really kind of modeled a game based on what they wanted and the, the feedback so far from the full release is that the community are really happy with what they finally got as oh, a package yeah. um but you guys uh, have tried this out so what i'll do is i'll check this over to zim because he's he's got some Interesting story to tell, I'm sure, and he's doing something mad in Subnautica. So go on, dude. Before we deep into it, jump into the deep more. Tell me what you've been up to in Subnautica. I'm yeah. and, and intrigued
2: Yeah, well, I think the first thing just to mention is they had probably the best and worst launch party that I've seen for a game yet. Uh, to right. let you guys know the background, I've been playing Subnautica since early early access. I was backer 1,500 out of the first 10,000 who actually funded the game. And if you have that, you have this little plate you get in the game which you can attach to the hull of your ship or in your base or whatever. So there's a few things to mention. They did this whole live stream on Twitch, uh, which was awesome. It went for two hours. And it was started like 40 minutes late. There was no audio. They had Sacriel, who's a really famous uh, Twitch streamer, along with another fella who I can't remember his name. They had, like, all the main Subnautica guys, like, the co-founders, the whole dev team, they're, like, drinking wine and stuff, but audio issues all over the place, a little bit like our start of the show today, and it was just, (laughs) it was so wrought with trauma, but at the same time, it was, like, it was really good fun just to, uh, just to see it and be there with everyone else, the things that worked, like, they told us about things about the game's development cycle that we didn't know before, and it was really exciting just to, just to kind of go through all that, so... The game launched with kind of this funky, screwed up from an aquarium with shark, live sharks and everything in the background, like these tall wow. uh, windows behind the devs. I was thinking, I just want to see a crack in that glass appear. You know, this would be, you know, this will be like so much better entertainment value. But it was actually really good. It was great how how well they actually went through all those technical issues with smiles on their faces. And and that was really the start of the big bang. The week for me was 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 big because I said with my stream, I was like, guys, all right, to start this off, what we're going to do is there's a few different modes in, in Subnautica you can play with. You can play with Freedom Mode, which means it's basically like creative in Minecraft, just, you know, you don't get hurt. You don't have to worry about food or anything. But at its core, Subnautica is a survival game. Uh, you can sure. play survival, which is you need, like, food and water. Um, or you can play, I'm missing a mode here, but, or you can play Hardcore. Now, Hardcore is, I, I suppose you'd call it the most roguelike of the experiences, because it's it's something that when you when you get into it, if you die, so if you lose your breath underwater, if a creature blows up in your face, anything kills you, your game's done. Finished. save wow. file Wiped everything. So I started yeah. off the week, I did two hardcore games, both of them ended within like 15-30 minutes, and I was like, feck, alright, third time's the charm. On that third life, I've now lasted more than 15 hours, I'm working on hour 16. Wow. And it has been... I have sev- had several moments. Um, I won't spoil anything, but there's a few creatures in the game that obviously can kill you. Actually, there's feck loads of creatures that can kill you. The thing that normally kills me is I forget to take a breath, and in, in, in hardcore mode, it doesn't alert you. It'll say 30 seconds when you've got 30 seconds of oxygen. Wow. And then everything just starts to go quiet. Wow. And that's the 10 seconds to, like, shit, I need to be at the surface. So it is an incredibly... The, the thing about Subnautica... I played it ages ago and a lot i think most vr players reactions if you've played from dk2 era will be i remember it it didn't work very well in vr like it you in the shallow areas which are relatively safe um and not very complex scenes like the game worked really well but the second you started to go deeper or further afield uh the game would chug it would have pop in it really was unplayable i would have said before now they fixed the vast majority of those things the menu system uh, is still a little bit fixed distance. So before, ages and ages ago, the tablet that you pull up, which is like your PDA, actually they refer to it as a PDA, um, it's in front of your face at a fixed distance. And it's like, if it's slightly uncomfortable to read the text, you it moves with your head. So it's like, I want to get closer. Uh, at a certain part in the game where you get a ship, you can actually move your head closer to it, so that alleviates that. But they've said to me, actually, in a tweet, responding to some of my hype about the game, they said, we are going to be focusing on VR as the next step, and we're going to be bringing a VR patch. So that's a really cool. nice thing. But right now, it's for me, it's an absolute mm-hmm. must-buy. Honestly, and this is a reaction I was kind of saving to say here, but for me, this game has moved from like this creative open-world survivalist game, almost felt a little bit like DayZ, especially now that I'm playing it hardcore. It feels very like DayZ, because one death and I'm, I'm gone. But it's moved into this sphere, which is the game has brought me so much tension and terror. Like, I've never felt this scared to die, even in real life. And I've been through a school shooting. <laughs> I've never felt this scared wow. to die. And my audience and, this, and that, we're watching, we're going through the whole thing together. And I don't even want to play anymore because, like, I'm gonna, death is around the corner and I'm going to lose it all. And you you have to do it's literally 15 hours of work to get all the unlocks, get to that point. But the kind of things you can discover, I can't I can't give away any of the secrets because the game is sure. the story that used to be kind of like bolted together. They brought in a full-on writer and all that. Amazing. Like, Resident Evil 7 is now below this game in my book for horror wow. and story. Wow. This is a more complete horror story experience. Beck and Incredible, what they've done. And the sounds, the wow. voice acting, is better than any other game that I've played. Amazing voice acting in this. Wow,
1: that's so, some awesome uh, praise there. Looking at the chat, John Nix wants to know if Subnautica also works on the Vive.
2: Um, oh, good question. Yes, yes, it's a Steam game. It's a Steam game. So, um, I haven't played it. I heard it's Vive, made
1: for the Rift. Or, well, I mean, it, it was running on the Oculus Rift DK2. Yeah, I, I... ...the problem, because there are no motion controllers in the game yet. Let's no. hope they are also going to ask that.
2: This gamepad. Well, I don't know. Like, I mean, a lot of people have asked me that. They're like, one thing that they brought back, which I freaking love them for, is keyboard support. They didn't yeah. have it before. But just like when I was playing Doom, there's a lot of people who are like, you can't get immersed in a game if you're not using touch controllers. Feck that, that's not true. Sometimes you need it. Rowdy.
3: Uh-oh. For me that's still strange like that. I really want to get those motion controllers in there And I, I agree with you that it probably plays better with the keyboard But I feel so much more immersed when I have my hands in a game yeah. I, I played I mean uh, Subnautica a lot like when it was like really popular on YouTube a little while ago now it's becoming popular again I, I watched so many of those videos and absolutely loved survival games like that because I, I, I played like other kind of survival games in VR as well but I really, really want to get immersed in that, and yeah. I, I'm definitely going to play that Sonata like title. I, I really want to, because I bought it on a Steam sale like you know, years ago, and I tried it with VR back then, and it was horrible to try it for me then. Uh, but I, I mean, I agree with you that they, uh, they probably optimized a lot. But I'm curious what that VR patch is going to bring more. Yeah. It would be nice to see, like, cause my main problem with the game was the HUD. I had to, like, roll my eyeballs almost out to, like, see, like, the hut properly. And that that really freaks me out. I don't know how that is now for you.
2: Turn it off. Yeah, yeah. So I think you're talking about, so on the the PC version, and this is the thing. I could never play the PC version. The PC version has a scuba mask around the borders, like this. (laughs) And it's like, oh, you're in a scuba mask. Way back and in, in between when I first got into Subnautica and its final state, There was a period where they forced that on the vr player as well where you had the mask that's one thing that's gone completely um but the hud and the hud elements there's quite a few on the scene and the big if you are into subnautica f6 is your savior you press f6 to cycle through the options and i find myself going from taking all the hud elements off including you know oxygen level and health i just try to remember that and so far i've survived 15 hours you turn all that off the game is incredibly immersive to the point where it's scary being in deep water anywhere it, it it's terrifying breaking to, to have so much
1: hot in your face that's what you're saying i'm i think in a hardcore way yeah
2: yeah well i mean look it's a, it's a it's a pc game with a vr fork that was the vr fork was native so mm. it's not like that they started off and said here we're going to build a 2d game and then we're going to bolt on vr later they've had it from inception And that shows. It's really well designed. But to to Rowdy's point, I would as well love to see controller support across all the elements of the game. I just don't know if at this stage of the dev cycle they're going to put that much resource in to go full track controller Mm. support. Because there's a lot to build in, I would imagine. Um, They are Uh on Unity, though. They're on Unity, so shouldn't be that honestly difficult. i'm a little
1: disappointed this this didn't came any earlier they could have just launched something with vr at least because i mean a better like like improvements in the end and now they're like okay so we launched the game now we're gonna do it a little earlier in my opinion but well it's totally yeah, playable yeah. i mean I don't know they, what you're commenting on. like they they from the start they already started to figure out that subnautica worked great with vr people work great but people were still going in there from time to time to check it out and see if anything else
3: and and they have had vr support listed on steam for quite a while because i remember that i bought this title together with the arc survival evolved which also has vr support (sighs) worse like i mean back then i i I tried it i was one of the few games i had a frame rate of like Game, and it was not my computer that was like uh, freaking out. It was just not optimized for VR, and mm-hmm. n- nothing of the controls worked in that game. And I, I I played Subnautica back then as well, but also wasn't really an idea. It was one of those like VR support titles that were out on Steam yeah, yeah. that were not really that interesting for me. Those originals were
2: great, right? Arc was terrible, right? The other one that I th- I would say from that era is Euro Truck Simulator Two. Why they haven't turned? their vr branch into the main branch so that they could put multiplayer in that that would have sold shed loads of copies but i spoke Mm. to them on the phone and and they said well we've got half a guy who's doing the vr branch and to be honest we need to put him on other stuff for the 2d i'm like you're not looking to the future you need to think about this guys and i'm surprised that that team hasn't vrified at this point because they could have spent the last three years cashing it in and they just whoever there's whoever is their business development manager needs to get fired so did you uh, play much of Subnautica, Nathy?
0: You play much of this one?
1: No, it's not really my kind of thing. You, you know, I'm usually a guy who likes to play a game where it's like kind of point to point. And this is more like you can just do whatever you want. And yeah. and the, the survival thing is kind of it's kind of
2: intense. It's just that it's not sandbox anymore, actually, Nathy. I'd actually say that just to guide you towards it, because it, the story is That's a story spine, one. and it is. Node-based, although you can pick like different nodes because you sure. find these other life pods and you can kind of go signal to signal. It's very cool. Just give it a, give it a go. Yeah. I'd say, I think you'd like yeah. it because it is but a little bit more linear. It's kind
1: of like you could get lost in what you uh, wanted to do. So back then, I wasn't really into it. But yeah, back yeah back- I I know. Like I've seen the trailer and also some some stories about like uh, from other people that played it so mm-hmm. far. we will try it. I'm just like. Yeah work on the VR support, uh, talk to the community, see what they want, uh, loop it back and then try to discuss it together.
2: Just say they, that again, Nathie, your your audio broke up.
1: Like what they should do is like plan out a roadmap to get onto Reddit, talk to the community and see what VR support people really want and what proof. You know, it's just kind of vague right now. We are going to work on it like, yeah. we are in, in, the, in the very popular days of VR at this moment. People are like hungry for more uh, stuff to play, and Subnautica is still around in a lot of people's heads. So, this is a moment to act, you know, or at least uh, look around and see what people want. Also, a Paradise DK set that it says that it's also uh, for the vibe. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, for- is, like,
1: next level for sure for this game.
0: So, certainly from my point of view like uh, you know i played around 10 to 15 minutes just to see uh, what it was all about but for those that don't know you you start off or you crash land on a on a water planet basically uh you're in a little life pod and you have to go and explore the depths of the sea collect items to repair uh, your little ship and you know um gather resources and stuff like that to survive essentially and what i found like Straight away, the the thing that I found was that it's just gorgeous in VR, like looking around this 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 underwater scene with like all these different creatures swimming around was really, really cool. And then when you swim to the surface, like you have this kind of cool effect where the water drips down and that's really nice as well. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I actually found out I was swimming around and I was like, hey, it's getting darker and darker. And then I actually realised it was a, a night cycle yep. uh, in the game. And then when it's night, obviously it's very dark under the the, the sea. So all these like creatures were like glowing different colours, and the, the 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 sea floor was glowing in different colours as well. It was like almost magical. Uh, so uh, even on a visuals uh, standpoint alone, I would say it's a really cool experience and worth checking out. But I, I did sort of echo the same issues when it comes to like VR implementation, and that. I had to use a a controller, so I was using an Xbox One controller and that worked uh, fine, you know, to a certain degree. Uh, but like you said, uh, Zim, the, the menu system was just way too close to my eyes. It made it kind of a bit uncomfortable to read stuff. Um, but I'm sure, you know, the devs are going to listen to all this feedback that the community are driving because there's, the, the whole sort of discussion on the Steam page is all from the community giving them this feedback as well. So we're not the only ones saying this. So I'm sure they will make it better over time. But it's definitely one that I want to uh, experience a bit more. Um, there was a couple of performance issues in the menu. I don't know if you had the same issues, Zim. Uh, but once I was in the game, it was actually fine. Uh, in, the, in the menu, like... Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah,
2: yeah, I did actually notice. And that's new, I, I, like, before you load into the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it ran really badly. Um, but as soon as I was in the game, it ran fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure these issues will get ironed out, but definitely one that I'm looking forward to going back to. Uh, I'm not probably going to do what Zim is doing with the hardcore <laughs> mode. Uh, I'm just like that would just give me a freaking heart attack. I think so. I'm just going to just go and play it normally and just enjoy the game for what it is. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's an exciting one. Uh, but if you want to pick that up uh, right now, they're running a ten percent discount on Steam, so you can pick it up for seventeen pounds and fifty four pence in the UK, and in the US, it's twenty two forty nine dollars. So if you like the uh, sound of that and uh, crawling around and exploring the the bottom of the ocean, then go and check it out.
2: <laughs> I got to say one <laughs> so... thing before we finish i could not convince for the for her bloody life my wife who is a gamer to get in because she doesn't like deep oceans and stuff and the game is so like the second you like it's like no not doing yeah. that i mean there are other games that we've uh, we've seen drop in um can't, i'm trying to remember it was a terrible one that was really early on it was kind of like an ocean simulator where you could see a megalodon or something um can't remember the name now but those games where you like suspended in the ocean and then there was that recent yeah. uh, vr education one that we... Operation Apex. Operation Apex. Yeah. So if you yeah. if you like that kind of environment, Subnautica like amplifies that tenfold and it gives you things that are just it's, it's very like isolating. isolating. It is very isolating. Do most people yeah. know it's
1: like a VR title? Like um because I mean we all know from back in the days, like, oh yeah, DK two. Not but, many. Like new people. They aren't really advertising it because of course they are still working on the VRC part for Subnautica, but I think most people don't even know like and that they can play it with a VR headset because at this moment it's kind of like a dry season. If people knew about this, you know, if they drop it on, for example, the front page of Oculus Home, put like VR on it and bam, then I think... Yeah. Well... It will not just just drown, uh-huh, drown. Yeah. You get my point. Uh, after uh, <laughs> after the the VR super part is really there, like the the, the actual super part where they are super proud of as a development team, are not really able to advertise it anymore. You know, now See, there's like a big advertisement. Flow going on but mm. are they also going to do that when the vr support is there because a lot of people need to experience this then you know
2: yeah absolutely
0: the, the problem, problem is like uh, i agree with you that you know if it's on the oculus store and it's on psvr it's going to sell really well but mm-hmm. what i found recently and it was going to be an, a topic of this week's show actually is about sort of submitting your game to oculus or ps or playstation or steam to be published right and i found this out actually talking to devs at the the show in london is the the Oculus and PlayStation have really strict rules yep. about comfort. You know, your your game has got to hit a certain frame rate, and it's got to be have these comfort settings, and it's got to have this and that, and it's got to be a hundred percent, like, smooth. Otherwise, they're not going to publish it on their store. Mm-hmm. That is, like, the bottom line. Whereas with Steam, it's almost the opposite. It's the Wild West. You can release a buggy game. Let's look at, like, Bethesda with Fallout 4 and, you know, L.A. Noire, like, really bad optimization. You can just dump it on the store. Like, oh, that's fine. Yeah, no worries. We don't have to worry about it. But with, with PlayStation and Oculus, they have real strict barriers to entry when you, they publish a game on You can on even there, so. publish
2: games like VRChat on there. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and that's probably why we won't see Subnautica on the Oculus Store, at least for some time now. But uh, from what I've heard, like this this process can be quite painful for developers because it takes It's on time. there, Mike. Uh, what's, what do you mean?
2: not is available on the Oculus Home Store, I believe. No, it's not. Isn't no. it? Not?
0: No, 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 definitely not. I was um, I was getting so...
2: loads of questions about which one should I buy it on. Okay, that's fine. No, I, no say, it's only so, yeah. available on Steam. Uh,
0: but like, Caliber, what...
1: and I I, um, I go to to Oculus and say, like, okay, this is my game and my frame rate is kind of like you know not meeting the expectations. So so what I would do if I would have my first game going up there or somewhere else on Steam. Uh, when I would, like, launch my next game, you know? People away from certain platforms. Well, the, the, the thing is, what it, what I'm it sure, is... Like, everyone wants their game on PlayStation VR. The, 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 the thing is,
0: at least you know when you're buying a PSVR game or an Oculus title, it's going to run nice. 100%.
2: And, 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 that's, and that's the difference. It's really think... important as a buyer as well, isn't it, Mike? Because, I mean, 100%, 100%, 100%. we've talked about this before. Like, if I, yeah. I will choose, sometimes, to go with a slightly lower resolution on PSVR to play a game that runs glass smooth. No, I totally agree,
0: and this is the thing. Like, uh, so devs were saying it's a bit of a long cycle for the you know submission. It's got to be reviewed by a person. They give feedback, then they change it, then it goes back again. So it can it can take months, and that's why I think generally you don't get release dates for Oculus titles because sometimes it's really loose, and this whole reviewing process takes a lot of time. Mm. But what they w- they they've done recently is implemented a tool for developers
2: to test their games themselves. So <laughs> they can actually. I am sorry to interrupt, but Petey has said that. Uh- Subnautica is on the Oculus Home Store. Oh. One Zim, zero to Mike. Let me uh, double check <laughs> oh. here. <laughs> I don't yeah, know, like, maybe we, we not. Ver- but I, ver- I know what I was thinking of, actually. It I wasn't that at all. Because- it was uh, it was Sprint Vector. And actually, I think we both skipped that, but we've played that. We didn't talk about that at all. Yeah,
0: yeah. But so, like, uh, this tool that Oculus have... Uh, announced recently, it was going to be on the topic of the show, but we'll just slip it in there quickly now. It essentially is a way for developers to run their game through the tool and then they don't have to submit it for a, a physical verification by Oculus. So it should streamline the submission process for devs now, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, did you find the, the answer, Nathy? Is it on Oculus Store?
1: Yeah, yeah, it is, it is on the Oculus Store. Uh, uh, that's surprising. I think it's, it's on there for a while then, you know. It's not since this week.
2: No, it, okay. was. it was. It yes. was hosted and it was um, it, it was up next alongside, what else was new this week? Because um, I saw it's little icon. That's what I had in my head. And that's why I was saying it, Mike, because I obviously didn't buy it there. I bought it years ago on Steam. But um, mm. as I said, people were asking me, like, which platform? And that's a really interesting question to answer. It's like, what platform would you prefer to have a okay. game on? My answer to that as just kind of an inherent general rule is... Whatever platform it started on is probably the one where it's going to run the best. So, yeah. like, Steam is probably the best. And also, if you flip headsets, say six months from now, you're better off having it on Steam, right? But uh, a lot of yeah. the Oculus Home titles do perform better if, if they were launched there mm-hmm. and run, you know, through that natively.
0: I'm really surprised, actually. And to be honest, like, uh, I actually bought it out of my own money on Steam. So that's why I'm surprised. I was going to say, because uh, you're whitelisted, aren't you are
2: waitlisted are not you
0: I've got access to it through Oculus anyway, so this this is why I didn't oh, wow. believe that it was on the Oculus door. So yeah, I figured that's it, why they, you,
2: uh, you, you yeah. checked it. Yeah, yeah, weird. I'm i
1: wondering now because they have have strict rules now, we don't know the rules exactly, but ex- maybe this explains why there were so many soft uh, locomotion wise on Oculus Home for a while. Could well be, yeah, because yeah. the comfort
0: option, the, the comfort thing was a real uh thing in their mind and, you know they're, they're a bit lax with it now like they're, they're letting more games and like onward was one of the big ones that first opened the floodgates mm. for like smooth locomotion and and things like that but uh i think they realized that that's what the community wants you know and, and if that's what the community wants well you got to give them what they want at the end of the day
1: and if 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 they finally at oculus connect have on stage someone saying like hey uh there are actually people who like to play onward can we have an applause please it's coming to oculus home you know then Like, finally understanding what's
0: going on. Yeah, yeah. So we shall move on to our next topic, and that is Beat Saber. And this is a title that's come out of nowhere, really. Like, I didn't see this one coming. Um, But imagine in your mind if you had audio shield, uh, box VR-type game where you're shooting or fighting, like, little uh, sort of notes coming towards you. Then just replace those shields or boxing gloves with lightsabers. That is essentially what Beat Saber is. Uh, It's developed by a really small studio called Hyperbolic Magnetism. Really cool name, by the way. Oh, it Uh, is! I didn't know
2: that! That's fucking awesome! Hyperbolic Magnetism!
0: Yeah, Yeah. a small indie game studio based in the Czech Republic, which, again, is really, really cool. Uh, They've previously worked on mobile titles, so, um, you know, doing a lot of apps from the App Store and sort of mobile games, and now they're working on their first VR title, which is Beat Saber. So if you can kind of like imagine that the blocks come down towards the track, towards the player that match uh, a song and then you have to slash those to sort of hit the beat, kind of uh, best described as a mashup between Guitar Hero and Fruit Ninja. That's kind of a good way of describing it. Um, But yeah, like uh, what I saw in London actually was a lot of devs mobile and then moving to VR. But but anyway, uh, yeah, Beat Saber looks like a really interesting game. We're probably playing the trailer now, and it looks uh,
2: super cool. Oh my god, it looks amazing. I love <laughs> Beat. I love Beat Detection games. And it's just, it's the yeah. kind of thing that, like, you know it's going to be bloody hard. Like, I like hard music yeah. detection games and all that. Like, Thumper is what it immediately reminded me of. But it's very different, mm. of course, because you've got the motion controller support, you know. But the directionality of it, like, having to hit those notes... My god, this is going to be not easy. Yeah. This is going to be fucking hard.
1: And it's yeah. physics based too and that's something new, you know, you need to hit I those think. blocks in a way. Yeah. Talking about yeah. mobile VR games, uh Fantastic Beasts also came out. Yeah, and, Mike and I played it at Oculus Unwrapped. I I really liked it. I was like, "Hey, uh this video because that's basically what it is." Tracking too, right? The PC, and you can see that there
2: Nathan, you might want to get closer to your mic or something. I think it's cutting out. It's about every yeah, every second word Audio is, is, is we're losing
1: yeah. it. Not sure, how much you heard of my story so far? Try to start over again.
2: Yeah,
1: talking about mobile VR games, Fantastic Beasts uh, just came out as well. Um, funny enough, is um, Mike and I played it at Oculus Unwrapped. We did, yeah it or at least i did i'm not sure about you mike yeah i like um, it yeah you know it was like a 360 video with 3d elements in there hmm. i thought it wasn't that bad i enjoyed it to be free so now we have the same story again yeah Movie. the movie has been out for a while so buying a ticket doesn't really make sense here you see it coming to steam and also oculus home as far as i know and yeah, and yeah. and uh, the reviews are actually, you know, they're destroying. And I think most people are right. You know, it's just not meeting the expectations of what people want. Mm. So I'm not sure what you guys think about that.
0: Well, well, before we go back to Beat Saber, we'll touch on it quickly because, like, uh, my wife. I don't know you, People that watch the show will know that I've mentioned my wife is like a, the biggest Harry Potter fan ever. You know, she's been to the studio tour like a dozen times. She watches the films like almost on rotation every week. Uh, and uh, when I told her we'd we'd experienced like the uh, Fantastic Beast thing in London, she was like super hyped for it. And I said, well, as soon as it comes out, I'll fire it up on the Rift and you can check it out. See what you think. So she checked it out and she was really loving it because for the first time ever, she could actually be in the harry potter world you know the wizarding world of yeah, harry potter and yeah. experience that and having a wand and so for us maybe that are uh, kind of vr veterans and maybe not so ish- interested in harry potter it's kind of like a pass or like a maybe and like you say for 10 for 10 quid which is like you know 15 bucks maybe it's quite an expensive experience for something that's only going to last 20 minutes but for someone like my wife that's a super fan, well, then it's like a must buy, but then it is, then it makes the audience very, very small for that t- t- title. But like, you're right. It should be free. But
3: well, that's the kind Go of on, like uh, super fans, you know, super fans buy like anything that a company releases. I mean, yeah. uh, Apple can bring a new iPhone out every year and yeah. they will still buy it. And it's kind of, it's kind of yeah. like, I think always from a company to make like an experience that is not really, it just, Roll it to like the platform to make sure that those super fans will shed out more money. Experience mm. and that is, we mentioned that last time as well with the, with the Jumanji title that a company who's trying to advertise their movie, a paid version of the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. And like, uh, she actually watched a trailer this morning of like a Hogwarts game that's coming to iOS. And she was way more interested in that because it seems like a game that she can keep going back to, keep playing yeah. more of, unlocking stuff. You know, the story uh, develops, uh, whereas Fantastic Beast, although it was a very polished and I, I thought it was a great uh, way of integrating like movement and a 360 video, uh, a bit like Coco did. It was very clever the way they did mm. it. Um, it's just it's just. It's just not enough. It, you know, we want more, essentially. So I think they're on the right track. I think, you know, Warner Brothers are doing the right thing. Mm. You know, they, they made it at least with uh, Eddie Redmayne's voice, and they did put a lot of effort into it. So I admire them for that. But like you say, being paid, uh, I don't know how much I agree with that. But for the super fans, it appeases them. But for everyone else, I, it's just they're going to miss. They're going to pass this one.
2: And for my two cents yeah. on the movie tie-ins, I think you get what you pay for. And I kind of feel yeah. like movie tie-ins do well either at the low end or the high end. In other words, you get a demo or a taster type experience, like a go watch the movie and maybe that should be free or a couple of bucks or something just to help yeah. fund the project. Or you go full hog and you get a proper dev studio to do some work on your game. Yeah. I'd, I'm, yeah. I'm glad you actually checked out the, the Jumanji experience, Mike, just because there was a little niggle in the back of my head saying, is there any like game saving, you know, game design mechanic? And when you said 15 minutes, straight away that tells me these guys don't actually care about their players. No, and what, like, again, going back
0: to Jumanji, it felt like a a, a game that had been developed for mobile, but they'd be like, Do you know what, let's just make this a VR experience because it makes it more interesting, then, you know? That's kind of how I see it. Um, but yeah. But anyway, we digress. Going One back to second Beat before
2: we go to Beat Saber. Sorry. sorry, Mike. I've just been, we've been seeing them popping out for the last two weeks, like Oculus Go news, hints, tidbits. As we're talking about mobile VR, a $200 headset's about to land. I don't know when it's going to land, but when it lands, I think it's gonna be the event of the year. I think think if you're not developing, if you're a VR developer with a game that could run on mobile, if you're not targeting this platform, I think you're you're not doing something right.
0: That's exactly what I said to everyone in London, actually. Uh, Everyone that was developing a title that maybe was like kind of not maybe like graphically amazing and they were, they were saying, oh, yeah, we're looking at putting it on, you know, Rift and Vive. I said, look, no. just go for mobile because this is where your game's going to shine. And um, I actually finally got to play Augmented Empire. And I can tell you right now that game is legit. And I am so excited about playing that game. Um, it's going to be so it's cool good. on the Oculus Go as well. I can't wait because it's going to be an eight-hour game, yeah. uh, turn-based strategy, a bit like XCOM or Mario and Rabbids if you like the Switch. Um but very very cool. I they actually had to kick me out because I was just <laughs> I just kept on playing, and they were like, uh, "Dude, you need to uh, get out now." I'm like, "Uh, maybe a bit longer, please."
2: <laughs> uh, so
0: yeah, the the Oculus Go is going to be legit and was if, that Codesync? Uh, augmented it? Em-
2: so yeah, it was, there was yeah, like code a Cozink stand because they they did um yeah. what was the game that looked like very Portal-esque? Esper, Esper 2. Right, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, this was from um, Codesync.
0: But they have a lot of uh, titles in development, apparently, for for VR and mobile. So um, they're really on on the ball with that, I think. And uh, if Augmented Empire is a launch title, I think it's going to do very well on the go. Um, but yeah, we are digressing very, sorry. very
1: soon. Yeah, sorry, Michael. So, so I made, like, I made a bridge from the freaking, like, Beat Saber thing, but you couldn't hear it. So now the whole thing doesn't make any sense anymore.
0: <laughs> it's ruined, it's ruined. Let's stop. start again. Sorry. <laughs> no,
1: no, <laughs> no, like, so beat,
0: going back to Beat Saber, um, you know, all the music is designed to work in sync with, like, the, the tracks that they've made, so it's not like a audio shield. Uh, where there's sort of user tracks or, or like tracks that you import yourself. Go on Rowdy.
3: it What's that? Is it copyrighted or can people make videos on that on YouTube without it's getting not, claimed? It,
0: it, it's not copyrighted from the music that i've seen in the trailer so it's nothing obvious that i recognize as being a a, a track so hopefully not but that's that's obviously key you know it's just, it's a problem for us as, yep. as content creators because when we create content using copyrighted music then they get flagged and then they get demonetized and all the monetize all the money goes to like the people that made the music uh so or you go to jail yeah or you go to jail <laughs>
2: so, uh, <laughs> but no, it, it's a it's a problem for content creators. And Mike, you're absolutely right to point it out. Yeah, it's one of the things. Yeah. Like I love I love all, all the music beat games, but I, I basically can't play them on my show because copyright. Yeah, Everyone's like, oh, play you, you, play Britney Spears. I can't. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just not good music. Sorry, that
1: someone made, but uh, that that's the only thing you can really play in the end. But I agree. But I think there there must be a way to uh, cover this uh, on on YouTube. Please also, I like this to the channel you know
0: yeah absolutely um and, and you know the devs i think are going to be uh putting out some early access yeah. stuff for content creators anyway from what i've heard but all the music that they've uh, added to the game uh is handmade for the levels uh the goal is to make players uh dance and just get into like the zone while cutting those cubes and avoiding the obstacles mm-hmm. uh each cut is strongly supported by like sound effects and visual effects to end th- and, uh, Emphasize like the beats and the rhythm of Mm -hmm. the game as well. And like you say, like looking from the trailer, it looks really cool. Like you're a a dancing Jedi, smashing blocks. It just looks freaking cool. John next says it's
1: like a guitar hero for drummers, or should we say, Jedi's? Yeah, drumming (laughs) Jedi's
2: exactly. There's another game like this though. I'm maybe you guys can help me out. You have two like fat like whack-a-mole wands, and you're hitting beats in like a field. There's a field in front of you. And there's four levels of all custom music for the game. I'm trying to remember. It's in my Steam library, but anyone recognize the name? It's a it's a beat game like this. Honestly,
1: but... there's so many of those games coming out. Like, there's a really good some... one.
2: It's one I would I would recommend. I just the 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 title isn't coming to my brain right and now. In drumming
1: VR simulator.
2: <laughs> it's not drumming. <laughs>
0: the only two obviously I know of are like a uh, boxed VR, which does more of a fitness, but same oh. sort of thing, and uh, an audio, audio shield. shield. Uh, but this game was going to have a single-player campaign, obviously with different songs, and it's due for a quarter one release in 2018. Will be available on the Rift, the Vive, and PSVR. So yeah. that's kind of cool.
2: That's good. Cool. Oh, that's uh, but I love
0: like little indie titles like this that stand out and do something different—a bit like Cubism, another little you know indie title Beautiful. that just stands out, does something different. Whereas a lot of like some of the uh, like I said, a lot of devs are going from mobile to VR. They're just They've never made a a PC game before, just jumping straight from mobile to VR. And I think that's why we're seeing a lot of shovelware coming to the platforms as well, like a lot of less polished games or just like wave shooters, for example. Mm. Uh, We just want genre-breaking titles. That's what we want, developers. Uh, And talking about genre-breaking titles, we're going to be talking about The (laughs) Impatient on the PSVR, which was launched this week, uh, 23rd of January, on the PlayStation Store. Uh, it's going to be available for 34.99 in the UK, uh, around 40 US dollars, and 25 pound to 30 dollars for the physical release. Uh, I never understood why physical release is always cheaper than the digital release, but that's
2: the way it is. Yeah, I apparently. don't get that. No. I, I've never no. understood that either. Someone, please explain no. that to me.
0: No, it's a mystery that we will never know.
2: And a lot of the times, Mike, you can get it first. You know, if you like buy it through Amazon or something, yeah. it'll show up at your door like a day early. Uh, yeah. Before release. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Super weird. Uh, but yeah, like uh, the impatient is a psychological horror by Supermassive Games, which is set 60 years before the events of PSVR, uh, PS4 title Until Dawn. I don't know if you guys ever played Until Dawn on the PS4. So
2: fucking good. Yes, it is. And this is weird because you talked about whoa, playing whoa, games. With, hang on. With your... We talking VR title now?
0: Uh, until dawn no was the pancake version. I'm talking to- no. I'm
2: to- okay I was talking Russia blood Un- until dawn Russia okay. blood on psvr is way better than it looks anyway
0: Okay, so uh, I don't know if you played the original until dawn then the normal nope. ps4 game No. Nope. Okay, because you, do- uh, you talked about like uh, playing games with your wife And that was actually one title that I actually played with my wife uh, on the ps4 And we took it in turns and like we talked about like which path should we take or should we make this decision? Should yeah. we kill this character off and it was kind of it was a fun experience to play with her because she never normally plays games to me. So it was kind of a fun experience. Uh, but this is set before the um, that game, which was like a, basically a load of teenagers oh. go to the woods. Uh, typical horror slasher type movie tropes where they slowly get killed off one by one. But you kind of control the events in your actions. Yeah. And but this got multiple... is connected
1: with Until Dawn then.
0: Exactly, yeah. This is set 60 years before that title. Yeah. And obviously this title is... a. Uh, Yes, exclusive, and as well, like Until Dawn, uh, Rush of Blood
2: was another spin-off VR title that Zim's talking about, which was a shooter, right, Zim? It was a rail shooter, so you're basically on a a roller coaster, and Mm. you have to shoot things around your scene uh, with this kind of mad, almost like a barbershop, you know, quartet kind of guy, and the acting in it is really, really good. But if you're looking for a game that's like a horror game, but it's kind of on rails... So if you're on PlayStation and you wanted to play... um, what was the one? Something Something Mine Ride, uh, which is a game you can get on Steam, Ghost, ghost Shooter Mine Ride um, on, on Steam, which is quite good. An equivalent on PlayStation VR is the Rush of Blood game, which I thought was actually really good. And it was a launch title. I'm surprised yeah. at how good it was.
0: But whereas uh, Rush of Blood was a, a rail shooter, uh, the Impatient focuses on the story-driven content, which you know is Rowdy's bag. Rowdy loves story-driven content, as we know. He talks about it every show. And, uh, and rightly so, to be fair, because story-driven content is the best. And um, you wake up in a creepy medical facility with no memory, and you have to sort of discover why you're there, what's going on. Uh, and it's all around this kind of sanatorium, which is mentioned in Until Dawn, the original game. Um, so you've played this, Rowdy. So uh, what have you, what has your experience been of this title so far?
3: First up, I want to say, I think the prize is a bit pricey. Uh, for the entire experience because from what I mean I, I have not finished the game yet so I, I don't really know yet how much more is going to come but I do have the feeling that um, limited in, in terms of like to expect for that kind of prize there's also the impression I've been getting from other people that have played this game uh, also I know that in uh, Until Dawn you had a lot of variety in endings while this is actually also like that I mean you have like but they don't uh, diverse that much as they do in the original uh, in the uh, in the Dawn, uh, experience. But uh, like yeah, like you said, very story driven kind of experience. Um, scary in the way um, Resident Evil can be scary, although mm. although at some parts it is. It's it's a very like. Atmospheric kind of horror experience, you know, you you have you have like some jump scares in it But it's like the entire like the weirdness of it that is going on and you have like those nightmares Mm -hmm. that you need to experience and all the the Supernatural kind of stuff that is happening in there. It's 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 really well done And the voice acting of it is is absolutely brilliant. You have like the facial expressions They really get into your face when they're talking to you. I really like that kind of stuff It feels like you're playing in a a movie Um, and I, I I Like like the the original uh, I I was called Rush of Blood I think is is Mm -hmm. this still plays a little bit on rails because you have like that kind of like very linear kind of uh, path that you need to follow uh, at least up until where I've played it doesn't really is that you can choose you can for example in a nightmare you can choose to go and enter the door or you can choose to uh, go just past it Uh, you can go left or right you know you have those kind of choices you need to make but it's it's still a very kind of like much more straightforward and linear kind of experience. Mm. But, yeah, I kind of enjoyed it. I'm not a really big horror kind of fan, uh, mostly because of the jump scares. I really don't like it when you do that. Uh, It really freaks me out. But um, this kind of atmospheric kind of horror, I actually really enjoyed. And it really made me curious of, like, what is now going on. And, like, you get, like, those memories that pop up uh, once in a while. I think that is really well done.
1: Okay, Ooh. so a uh, quick update here. I'm now just spoilering myself with the whole game here, but I see that um, uh, it's called Video Gamers. They played the game, and they did a full gameplay, and it took them 2 hours and 20 minutes to finish. Right. right. Or, Very yeah. long for...
0: Yeah, I guess that's the difficulty with uh, games like this that are so, like, you know, like it, it's graphically very impressive. Uh, and like you said right about the facial animations being very detailed. Uh, and it's just these games take so long to develop. Um, so short experiences. Uh, it's difficult, isn't it? You know, two hours. But if you say it's two hours of gameplay that is solid and really, really detailed. And
3: that, two two hours, is that two hours for the entire game? Uh, both endings, or is that just one playthrough that is two hours?
1: That's 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 one uh, uh, yeah one ending. Right, right.
3: That's so could... not that bad. No. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and like you say, if it's if it's a great experience and it's very polished then I don't necessarily have too much of a problem with it being two hours. All right, the price is a little bit more expensive, but then nope. the price of PSVR titles are more expensive than traditional Steam games anyway. So you kind of just have to roll with that because the headset's much cheaper.
2: That's the, how the, they the, get on the yeah, monthly exactly. installment of Sony PlayStation VR. It's the thing yeah. that's like you release the cheaper headset and you have games that just like, because I did some calculations on this before, and the price of... Sony games is about forty percent bumper on you know on a comparable game per hour. It's uh, which is interesting. Uh, but yeah. if you're going to buy a PSVR, just think ahead a couple of steps. Like, what are the five games you're going to buy first? What's that yeah. total going to be? Do you have that money? Yeah. It's yeah. probably still cheaper than buying like a thousand-pound PC or uh, something. Yeah, but a lot of people have PCs they can upgrade, you know, so... Yeah, it's yeah. one of those, like, you have to just make sure you don't jump in before you think about it. Because, like, people do that. Like, they'll buy... I remember when the first iPhone launched. People were like, yeah, oh, great, you know, 35 a month, I can afford that. And before you know it, you realize yeah. that that's 1,200 quid a year, you know, it's like... Yeah, yeah. So, but, and... Rory, how was, like,
1: the, the sound in the game? Like, how... Did it immerse you more? Like, how did it play around
3: with, with you? The sound, uh, the the voices, or you mean like uh, the atmosphere and that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, just like that matches the environment and also maybe plays around with what maybe be crawling on your skin, you know, like that. Like those kind of effects where...
3: Really well done, because that's one of the things that, like, that. why I said it's more like atmospheric kind of horror. It's all the noises around you that really freak you out. Like I had that one nightmare sequence uh, where this guy was just sitting on the bed. And the, the way that they build up, you, you knew what was gonna happen, but the way they built that up, and you, you need mm-hmm. to go closer to that, and like the, the entire thing is, <laughs> but you, even like the air, you can feel like the, the air is like changing around you. That is so, so well done. And then, you know, they, they, they play so well with that, with that kind of sound. And I, I wouldn't really call it a jump scare then anymore. What is going to happen? But it still freaks you out so, so much. Mm. I can, I can imagine that a lot of people get like really scared while playing this. I yeah, love that. Definitely.
2: Though. I, I th- love that stuff. That is so weird. But I started off, came into VR almost never having played a horror game, and now I'm like, it's weird addiction to kind of want that foreboding tension like all the time. And yeah. that's why I like Subnautica so much.
0: Yeah, you're now an addict, Zim. You love that uh, adrenaline boost. You're an adrenaline addict.
2: I, I love I love adrenaline boosts, and uh, you love uh, Knuckles, right? Nice shirt, by the way. I do love Knuckles. Look, I can make him dance. It's actually awesome. Where the heck <laughs> did you get that?
0: I got it from a place called tpublic.com. So they're in the States. But just word of warning, if you import a load of T-shirts, which I did, they will sting you quite hard customs. for import tax. Yeah, <laughs> customs
1: gets you. Free advertisement, by the way. <laughs>
0: free Send me more T-shirts, and I don't want to pay import tax next time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, just quickly, whilst on the subject of PSVR, because I'm intrigued by this one, because I don't actually have a PSVR, and I've never actually tried one. Um, they've re- recently done an upgrade, right? Which is uh, like a 1.2 a upgrade with their headset. So it's a little bit slimmer. Yeah. It's got integrated headphones now, from what I understand, yep. and HDR pass-through. Have you guys uh, tried out the new headset, or are you going to buy one, or, or what's the score
2: with that? It's a marginal upgrade. Right. Okay. it wouldn't be worth replacing it's not like the Vive Pro um, it's okay. it's a revision it's kind of like what Vive did when they cut down the weight and did those changes they basically did a couple of cosmetic things a couple of utilitarian things but it's not materially different right right okay cool okay uh, so we
0: shall move on then to another headset and that is obviously the Windows Mixed Reality headsets they have all been slashed in price and uh, I wonder why they've been slashed in price is it because they're not selling very well well <laughs> Uh, I don't know. But we shall see. Because the problem is, we don't actually have any stats, right? Like, they haven't released any stats on how well the or how badly these things are selling. Um, so, who knows? But Don't like, need stats, Mike.
2: Don't need stats, Mike. They're not selling well.
0: Well, I do have some stats, but I'll come to uh, that in, oh. in a bit. Um, interestingly. So, I don't think these like, headsets are personally any better like than the Vive or the Rift. Uh, but at this price point, then it's... It's, it's, it's a worthwhile jump into VR if you're really like... Can you mention like... the price, Mike? Yeah, I will. So I'll come to okay. all the prices very shortly. But, like, obviously the Rift is, like, 400 bucks. Vive is, like, 600 bucks. And some of the prices, like, available right now, like, it did go as low as 219 bucks for, like, a headset with integrated uh, tracking and everything else. It's not too bad. Like, if, if you're going to buy one and it's high, half the price of a Rift, then at that price point, I would say, yeah, sure, go and check it out. If you're really on the fence about VR... You know what you know, they're doing.
2: Their product managers have gotten together around a table and gone, guys, we're about to get creamed on the other side of our potential sales market by mobile VR when that hits. We need to change the price now. You yeah. know, because they're going to get screwed by mobile VR.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. And uh, so last last week they had a big sale, like a huge sale. It's like over now, but the, the prices are still really low. Um, so the sale dropped prices of these windows mr headsets down to 219 dollars um but that is only in the us like the europe and uk like always got totally screwed over and the price didn't change (laughs) um so i checked the prices like the current prices like right now i'll just quickly whiz through them Uh, and weirdly like if you want to buy one go to amazon.com if you're in the us right now and you're thinking you're on the fence about like a windows mixed reality headset you got 200 bucks Go to Amazon and buy it from there. Don't even think about buying it from Microsoft because they have not reduced their prices at all since the launch, and that is just like awful. So here are the Amazon prices. So for the HP headset, $225. For the Dell, $249. For the Acer, $285. And for the Lenovo, $288. The Samsung Odyssey, obviously that's in a league of its own, and that is $719 or $499 ah. from Microsoft. So really? Quite 499 oh. from Microsoft, but for some reason it's bumped up the price on Amazon, whereas all the rest are cheaper on Amazon. Bitcoin.
2: Than- Blame Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blaming Bitcoin. No, yeah. no, a question for you, Mike. Uh, this is a question because out of everyone here, we remember you going through the painful release of yeah. your headset and bringing yeah. that back to the store what would you pay for the headset you tried and which one was it again that you bought? So I bought the Dell um,
0: and that is 250 bucks. So if that was like 250 pounds, so around half the price of the price of the Vive, I mean half the price of the Rift, then I would say it's a good start to get you in into VR. If you've got like the hardware, right. But still, I still can't get over the fact that I don't like the controllers I hate the fact that it's got no audio. Uh, the display doesn't have any visual difference in my eyes as yeah. to compared to the Rift and the, and the Vive, and the, the there is no first play content available. So from Microsoft, they're not really supporting it. All the content available is through Steam or through using Revive on the on the Rift, uh, you know, platform. So you can play Oculus Rift games and you can play Steam games, but you know how well they're going to run, I don't know. But but, but- you know
3: you want a- for the price, a Halo recruit.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, if you really Seriously want that, though, like, I think it's like not that. for gamers. Would you do that? I think 250
1: yeah. is a really, really nice price. Super cheap.
0: Yeah, but that's only in the US.
1: But so, let's say for US people. Yeah, then 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 I, I mean, would say then later on go to like the like a an Oculus or a Vive or maybe a Samsung Odyssey. Yeah. Or whatever yeah i'm very happy it's made I i'm not even sure if this is not selling well like a lower price doesn't say it's not selling well because this thing for 450 400 right it was like meeting up with with the rift and also other headsets but quality and how much they they made it for is much lower so this this price they are now asking for
0: yeah but also we haven't seen microsoft come out the gates and say okay thanks for like supporting the platform guys you bought our incredible headset now you're going to get like uh what was it forza motorsport or uh or a gears of war in vr like we've we've re- we brought these excellent titles to vr they're not doing that so how much faith do they have in the platform that's my question and like when you look at the stats like because mm. steam actually has hardware stats right so Connected hardware to Steam VR titles. Well, this is the percentages of the Steam VR hardware. Hmm. So 47.2% is HTC Vive. 46.1% is Rift. So it's almost like 50 50 Vive and Rift. Windows Mixed Reality, 4.3%. So that's pretty low uh, in terms of stats. And then you've oh, got well, two point... 2. Yeah. 2.2% is DK2 still. People are still using the DK2 on the Steam platform. So, uh, you know, despite this aggressive. Uh, you know, price strategy and yep. everything else—it's it's still not hitting the mark, I don't think, in my mind. And I think it needs that first-party support from Microsoft to be a success. Because if they say, right, right now you're going to have Gears of War in VR, but it's only exclusive to Windows Mixed Reality platforms, yeah. well then you've got me interested. Microsoft, let me let me hear more. But right now, I'm not.
2: I think um, just based on something I saw earlier this week, I actually think that the. I think that the the platform is good for developers on the go. There was particularly about yeah, the the what, what are they called again? Um, virtual unicorns or something like that. Julie yeah. Heidi behind uh, VR unicorns. VR unicorns. Yeah. Thank you. Um, they did a really nice thing with Microsoft. Where they did kind of an intro to their team and how a yeah. dev on the yeah. go uses the headset. So mm-hmm. I think that if you're a student who's learning Unity and you want to get into games, in other words, the the actual creation of games, you're a level designer or something involving VR, again, Unity, I think it's a really good way to go on, you know, be on the go. You can have the headset in a messenger bag. That's much better for you than trying to go for one of the powerhouses, you know, in terms yeah. of development. And
1: we and we have said this before, like these mixed reality headsets, when we were trying to figure out who these were for, yeah, we said like these headsets are for developers, yeah. but now the price is dropping to like $250. i am like, any low on a budget?
2: No, they're for student developers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you are not a developer it's a great chance to uh, get started yeah but because got, it does you, work it yeah it, maybe not as but for 250 okay yeah there. If, of course the price like as you said when you had one you said like but this is fairly expensive and there are other things out there that are much better yeah Rowdy go for it
3: the thing is I agree with that but at the same time a lot of people that are interested in VR they're not going to go the cheap way I think. I think when when they're interested in VR and they want to get into the first thing they're going to look up is what is the best VR headset that I can buy. Mm. Price will become a second thing. It's the same if you look at like the Windows phone mm. still buy iPhones even if they can't afford it they buy it on like a monthly plan Just because it it's it, it is the oh device, you know that it's it's supported, and those Windows phones. I mean, there are people that have it, but you can't compare it to the market of the iPhone. And I think that is kind of like the similar kind of thing with this. Yeah, the Windows phones
1: are awful, by the way. I agree on that, but it totally also depends on the person. Like, let's say if you are uh, twelve years old and and you, you can have a, a headset from your parents, it is this is what you can get, and otherwise you're not getting it. You know, and then. Yeah. For example, but if you're a little older, yeah, you know, have, I, I just work a few more extra months, and uh, I will just buy it. I'm with Rowdy on fine. that, though.
2: I've seen so many examples of audience members, people on, on on my team who are in that age bracket of like 14, 16, don't have the cash for it. They would rather save up and go for the Rift than go for something that's shite. Go on, Rowdy. Yeah.
3: Have you ever seen that episode of of South Park where Cartman gets an iPad? Or he wants an iPad, but his mom can't afford it, so he bu- he buys like a really cheap one, like from Lenovo, and he's like in all state and he puts like the, the, the iPad symbol on it. It's 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 brilliant that episode. That's just what I had to. That's just what came to my yeah. mind. now. But still, I would
1: like to invite everyone to give one of those mixed reality headsets a try you would pay 250 for it because i think it's still a decent price for
2: 250. I will tell you what i'll uh, do it. I am planning to do it cuz i haven't I, actually had I, the I'm chance not defending to get this headset, but i think the price right now is it, it's freaking awesome. I th- I think i will go to a shop and i will pick it up when it's in the bargain bin cuz mobile vr has squashed it. And that'll be in the summer and, and and microsoft will be crying and i'll pick up one of their headsets and i'll try it then. So so Nathy, right? You've you've got two of these headsets, right? Yeah. yeah,
0: you've got like what the Odyssey and the Acer, the blue one. Yeah. 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 Let's put it this way.
1: How how often have you used those headsets since you had them? I've used the Samsung Odyssey a lot more compared to the Acer one because I, I the Acer one is like the cheaper version, the 250 one, and the Samsung Odyssey is basically the king of all headsets, I would say. So the uh, Samsung one sir you got controllers that are more rounded up they they are better uh, in, in in terms of like how you hold them but you are still uh, stuck with the same platform in the end so you have a better resolution you have uh, a little nicer looking controllers still since this price is dropping right now like i it's it's a little bit when we had the dk2 as well you know but it was but like- also kind of like the easy entry level of vi Actually, most called are below, like, a Vive and a Rift. else. But, like, if you had them side by
0: side, the Odyssey and the Vive, which one are you are going to choose? And let's be honest about it, like, the price isn't that much
2: different between the two. I can't believe that price is so high. Is... Samsung Odyssey. A
1: Samsung Odyssey is, of course, uh, 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 pretty pricey. The screen's meant to be amazing. I haven't seen one. Yes, it is amazing. But, of course, that's not going to bring... Uh, you to a point where you want to buy it. It depends, of course. Some people might be like, "Okay, resolution. Oh my god!" But I don't think so. I don't think so.
2: Can we take a quick poll? All right, who would buy a headset based on resolution alone? Hands up. That's, uh, I think that's
1: pretty rare. Audio
2: listeners, there are no hands in the air. Thanks, Nathy. I think there is a pretty big market. I would say. I agree,
1: but you want to buy one for 250.
2: But but not and people who know what they're talking about. Hmm. <laughs>
1: Sorry. I again like try it out yourself and then see I mean as I said before I was also not very impressed by the the Acer one Samsung Odyssey was was pretty cool um but now the price is dropping it's more interesting than before
0: Yeah, it, like, it is It is more interesting before with the prices dropping, but still, if if someone came to me and said, I want to buy a VR headset, which one do I buy? Like Zim said, I would just say save up and get the It's one. also
1: That's also because like a mixed reality headset has never been like marketed in a way. They never no. uh, pulled out anything spectacular in a way because they no. wanted this to have, like developers needed to buy this, you know? Yeah. So it's not on the tip of someone's tongue. Like Vive and Rift have been their headsets for, like, two years now. It's everywhere on YouTube, on on, on articles. Mixed reality is kind of like... Yeah. Because it's they never advertised it for consumers.
2: And Nathy's yeah. talking about tongues, so why don't we talk about thumbs? <laughs> nice. That was
0: a really nice segue, dude. <laughs> we, we, so let's go on to thumbs. Yeah. So okay. um, <laughs> let's move on. on to this 3D-printed Vive thumbstick uh, that... Came out in the news last week, but I'd actually seen it before. I'd actually seen it before, like weeks and weeks ago, actually. Uh, I was watching... Reality Check VR, uh, Caleb, um, me and Zim met him at OC4. Uh, Sometimes I watch his videos, like he does a lot of 3D printing stuff as well. And this kind of is right up the street because it's like VR and 3D printing in the same subject. So uh, what it is, is a 3D printed attachment that you can get for your Vive. And you put it over the wand and then it's like a little thumbstick that you put over the trackpad. So it gives you that kind of uh, thumbstick over the trackpad that you get with like the Oculus Touch, for example. Because, like I mentioned in last week's show, one of the things I don't like about the Vive, uh, I think it's you know a great headset, but the controllers uh, on the on the Touch I find are just far superior. Mm. I think they're more comfortable and they're more ergonomic. Um, and also, I miss the thumbsticks when I use a Vive, and I can't quite get used to the trackpad. But this actually kind of solves that problem. Uh, we haven't actually tested it; we've just seen it. But uh, I've actually got access to a three D printer, so if you guys are interested in checking this out, I could probably print some sets off for you and uh, and get them sent out to you. But essentially, yeah, it's like a little 3D printed uh, thing. You can download this if you've got a 3D printer at home from Thingiverse. Uh, you'll know Thingiverse if you've yep. got a 3D printer. It's like everyone gets their stuff from there. Uh, and you can download it for free and print it on your 3D printer. Uh, if you don't have a 3D printer, you can buy them on eBay. I think the going price right now is about $14 for a pair. Um, and it was made by a guy called Eisenmeower. <laughs> <from laughs> <the>,
2: uh, <laughs> yeah, Eisenmeower? It's a great name. What it's up, a, like great a
0: brilliant name, name. yeah. Uh, from the reddit community he actually made it and he posted it on the five reddit and some other reddits and sort of Shared the uh, the files with everyone so some people have been buying them some people have been printing them and checking it out but yeah, it looks really, really neat. And I think it's a, a nice, tidy little solution that solves that little problem of of having a thumbstick, uh, especially if you're using like a, a revive solution for, your, mm. for Oculus titles. I don't know how well that's going to work, but uh, maybe that'll make uh, things run a little bit smoother. Yeah. I th-
2: I there's one application which I would immediately want to try this on. And that is when I revive from other suns, because right. the lack of thumbstick in that is the number one hold up point for me to recommend it to vibe owners. Because I basically say this thing is designed around thumbstick. If you don't have it, you really can't go there. So I'd love to try it. I gotta get a pair of these. Yeah. Yeah absolutely. So think that since this
1: is now out and people know about it, going to take this to the next level, you know, where you maybe have a little thumbstick on the top, you know, like like Rift has. Like maybe someone is gonna build something onto it on uh, the idea this guy had so
0: mm, mm. and interestingly like uh, when i was doing some research about this i came up with some other vive related news and i don't know if you guys knew this but did you know that the vive pro actually works with usb c rather than usb 3.0 are you so, serious yeah so i and this is the thing like i don't know whether that is usb c to the breakout box and then it's usb 3.0 from there traditional usb or that it's going to be usb straight to your motherboard because if that is well that's going to be a problem for some people and i can see that zim is checking right USB, now because yeah
2: it's the, the current one is usb c the current so the one breakout is box to the break To the breakout box that is oh it is yeah yeah oh okay it's a okay. so that... roundy wide hole okay Okay. So So, then,
0: then it's not a big deal then. So then, so then it will be
1: be very strange as a decision. But But uh, even if they did,
2: I had this recently, I bought a, uh, I, as you guys know, I record all my footage, so I've got loads of hard drives sent around. I I bought one of those things and it was a USB-C. So I had to get a converter, but it's not a big deal, right? Because if you're connecting to a USB-2 port, unless it's taking the power drive that is taken from a USB-C grade port, Mm. then it's a problem. We'll have to get that confirmed by somebody, you know, look at, look at cables. So just,
0: just, just for confirmation for me, because obviously I don't have a Vive. So the, the wire from your Vive to your breakout box is a USB-C connection.
2: There's three different connectors. One's HDMI, one's USB-C. And the, the third is looks like audio or some okay, kind of okay. uh, a power oh, connector oh, I think it's a power okay. connector yeah okay.
0: so the USB C goes to the breakout box and then from the breakout box to your PC is a normal USB connection
2: I think it's either one or two is it forked it's definitely a USB connection but I don't know if it's like the okay. Rift where it has the kind of two bits to it
0: right right I'd have right. to I wonder I wonder why they implemented that then uh, it seems like a strange design choice but I guess uh, it then means you only have one cable going to the Vive rather than the split yeah. from the breakout box, right? I guess that's why they do it, the bandwidth.
2: That's a good question. Does the breakout box do anything? Hang on, I'll do a, a feature here on Nathy. Nice. Flicking it around. Look at that. Oh, we've got the USB. It, oh, yours is different to mine. You have a display port in the middle, isn't that?
1: And spin what it around, Nathy. Um, this you one have, goes. Is that the, the new one? The new part goes from. Uh, to the PC, and orange is where the vibe goes in. Oh, okay, so that is just normal USB. So you must have a different one then, Zim. I think
2: mine's different. Hold on. Maybe I didn't get yeah,
1: close so, enough. So, so this is going to be- one, uh, yeah. I guess, but- No,
2: no, 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 it's the same. Yeah, it's USB 2. It's USB 2, oh, okay, actually. Okay, uh, okay. It's just that the connector, about... the cable connector is rounded, so it looked like a USB-C. Talking uh, about some juicy news,
1: and I think we can also uh, talk about this more in the next uh, episode. Um, uh, So the Vive Pro now uh, finally starts to uh, get into like the part where people can actually get their hands onto it. Um, I've seen someone that did some research on the the Vive uh, wireless adapter from Intel. And um, so uh, what he said is uh, you need a battery pack together with the battery on your head. Now, that was something we knew, Um, but there also needs to be a camera that you need to mount all that needs to track that, too, or something. And I'm not sure if this is like this has not been confirmed yet, but he said like there was something laying on the table, like a little adapter or a transmitter, whatever, and it went to the PC. A camera in the corner. It didn't look like a lighthouse, it looked uh, like something else. But uh, wow. So you might have to track the the,
0: the wireless thing as well as your headset.
1: Uh, I don't know seems why weird. you want to do that, but mm-hmm. I don't really know. But we see more and more. It's kind of weird that <laughs> they don't tell us anything about it, but now people just figure it out with recording little cameras everywhere
3: where yeah. everything goes, you know. But uh, yeah, well, uh, just a transmitter and receiver, why would that need to be tracked?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't okay. think it would be a camera. That seems a bit odd to me from what I've seen. I mm-hmm. think I think, I think think you'd check. be right there, Rowdy. It would be some kind of a transmitter-receiver combo, but – Mm -hmm. Uh, the thing we keep seeing is that the componentization, we already saw this anyone who's opened an original Vive box and opened up that sheet of paper which has, I wish I had the image which has about 27 different little lines coming out of the box. Like, these are all the components. Vive has never been a very tidy solution. It's not like an Apple mm-hmm. product. Apple would never yeah. ship something that has 27 bits to it. Uh, but, yeah. but Vive seemed to love it. They just love componentization. And you guessed it, Mike, before. And I loved hearing Tested uh, talk about it during the week, watching their coverage. But it's yeah. like the amount of different bits and pieces. They're kind of almost going for this like modularization of the headset, which is really funny.
0: Yeah, and it's so. interesting because Tester do have a video up of uh, their new uh, coverage of the Vive Pro actually, um, which is interesting. The thing
2: I learned from that I have to share because I think it's amazing is that unlike the Deluxe Audio Strap, the uh, the headset bits come off. Take a screwdriver, pop them off. As you guys know, who those who watch me, I did that with the Rift because I like my own audio over the top. So being able to take the audio off and customize what you listen through is important for someone like me. Why do I like it? It's not just because of audio quality. My wife is sitting mm-hmm. there. I want to be able to hear her. Yeah. So.
3: I did that as well with the deluxe audio strap. I took them off there.
2: You can take those off. They're coming off.
1: Okay. <laughs> Thanks Rowdy. To come back to the wireless adapter. So this was uh, a post by someone who went to uh, uh, said has to be connected to a power bank to run as well as its own sensor, which you have to mount to a wall. The battery, now I got the video here. Um, I hope you will be able to see this.
2: Yeah, we can see it. You can see that, yeah. The power so bank is an anchor, bank. by the way, it's a specific, uh, un- I think it's branded, a specific branded anchor power bank that oh, ships so that's with like the device. like something on the wall day? Yeah. What is that? Oh yeah, I forgot it's got the T-bone. How appealing does this look like to you guys?
1: Yeah, I don't
0: know. Oh, like, a, a,
2: like extra camera in my wall,
1: I'm like, ah, why? Come on, like now we have this, but I we like this is not confirmed. Rumor has it, I don't yeah. freaking know. <laughs> like this guy could just record a security camera and say, like, yeah, guys, this is the camera you need. So yeah, I don't who, know.
0: <laughs> who knows? Who knows? um so let's uh wrap start wrapping the show up like uh, have we got any comments uh or questions from the chat and then uh, we'll sort of answer a couple of questions before we shoot off um, but yeah it's interesting like we, we just don't know yet what's going to happen with these devices until we physically have them in our hands and I'm yeah. surprised that you know a, a select few people have been able to try it out like I know that Rev Kyle posted recently it was a, like a meetup and he got to try it out obviously the tested guys have got to try it out so hopefully uh, you know we can get our hands on one uh, in the near future to see what our thoughts are um, there
2: was a comment from Nimzo who said uh, it's kind of a pain in the ass to change the batteries in the touch controls, and actually this touches on something that Tested talked about, which I think is an interesting thing. Do you want a power button on your VR headset? Because the PSVR has it, Vive Pro has it, Vive original does not, uh, and uh, Oculus Rift does not. What do you guys think? Oof.
0: Do you care? Uh, I, I just turned mine off uh, using the, the Oculus tray tool. Um, you know, if you're an Oculus user and you don't have the Oculus tray tool, you should definitely check it out. Uh, you can just basically right click on the icon, press stop, and that'll just turn your headset off completely. Uh, which is a great way of doing it. You know, uh, so it doesn't inter- interfere.
1: But ways, so if there is a button on there, or you can go to your computer to turn something off, or in 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 VR, whatever. I think all the options should be there. So a button, yeah, why not?
3: You know. Mm. Which? Have an on and off button though on the button on the on the bottom of the Vive that you can uh, turn on and off.
2: Oh, yeah, you're right. I think there is. I clearly don't spend enough quality time no. on my Vive. <laughs> I've gotten ports and on-off button wrong. Jeez, don't listen to me about Vive stuff, guys. I'm an Oculus fanboy here. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's true.
0: Um, so, yeah, if there's any more questions uh, or comments from the chat, let us know. Uh, Nimzo, by the way, I'm intrigued about your uh, Mario Odyssey VR mod that you're making at the moment, if you're still watching. When oh, someone said, do you guys way? ever
2: get audio crackling with your Rift? Mine's been getting it sometimes. I've heard others complain of that. I've had it on Vive, but not on Rift.
0: I know exactly what that problem is, and it's likely that you're using the wrong type of USB extension cable. Uh, so the only time I've ever had audio issues with a Rift is when I used a wrong, audio ex- uh, a, a, a wrong USB extension cable. Um, if you use a different branded one, I've done a video where I've tested tons of them out and i listed the best ones that actually work check that video out on my channel uh, and i can point you in the right direction if you're not using an extension cable then um i don't know but i would best guess that's your issue
2: ah and guys you know how earlier i was stumbling on what was that name of that music game it's called beats fever very oh. good a uh, yes. bunch of have you guys played it no i've seen it yeah i really liked it um but if you're like oh i want to get into you know beat saber than beats fever. <laughs> it sounds very similar, but actually, it's really good. So uh, get the if fever before stuff. you get your fever. That's exactly. what we say. <laughs> right.
0: Okay, guys. So uh, what I'll do is I'll wrap this one up. So as you all know, this is a weekly VR, AR, and MR talk show. It's live streamed every Saturday on the Good Nathies YouTube channel. You can tune into the show live at 4 p.m. in Europe, 3 p.m. in the UK, 9 a.m. in Central US. If you miss the podcast, you can check out the whole show, which I upload to my own channel, Virtual Reality Oasis, or check out the audio-only version on your commute, like I do, because I'm a loser, uh, on Google Play Music, iTunes, and SoundCloud. And uh, thanks for watching, guys. Thanks for being a part of this, and thank you for understanding when we have technical issues. It does happen from time to time. We are humans, after all, and uh, we are at the beck and call to this technology. So unfortunately, it lets us down, but we'll overcome it, and uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully on time, uh, to deliver this awesome show for you
3: guys. And hard time we all. Thanks again for being a part of it. Oh yeah, thanks. And we'll Mike. see you next yeah, episode, cheers, guys. Bye bye.